With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? It's the Crossover Pod Friday edition. I'm Howard Beck, senior writer for Sports Illustrated. Coming to you from Boston, where we are hours away from, well, the biggest game of the season. Uh, That's not hyperbole. Game four of the finals is tonight. Celtics have a chance to go up 3-1 and put a stranglehold on this series. Warriors, of course, need a win to tie this thing and make it a best of three. Steph Curry's health is a question mark. As I record this, um, we will touch on all of that with our guest today, the Hall of Famer Grant Hill. We will discuss the finals, of course, but... Mostly, we will chat up with Grant about his new autobiography. It's called Game. It is out now, available at all the usual places. I highly recommend it. Uh, you'll learn a lot about Grant's life and his career, including a lot of new details about the ordeals he went through with his ankle, all the surgeries that permanently altered his career. He shares a lot of new details and just really um, decides to be very uh, candid and about the toughest moments of his career in a way that I, I don't think he ever has before. So check out the book, Game. It's fantastic. We discuss that at length as well. Before we get to all that, a quick reminder, please rate, review, and subscribe to The Crossover wherever you get your podcasts, and hit me with all your feedback on Twitter, at Howard Beck. Okay, my conversation with Grant Hill is coming up next, so stick around. This is The Crossover, an NBA show hosted by Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix and Howard Back. It's a whole new level for you and me, Chris, this relationship. Like and subscribe for the best weekly NBA content these two are capable of. What does that mean? Could be the best duo ever. I don't see how you can beat that. 
Here they are, Chris Mannix and Howard Back. Now very pleased to welcome back to the pod, two-time guest now, Hall of Famer and now author of the book Game, Grant Hill. Grant, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Two-time guest. All right, that means I'm... I'm I'm in good. I'm a good standing with you. That that's a uh, that's a good thing. You only need like three more uh, punches on the punch card for a free cup of coffee. That's how this works. <laughs> uh, appreciate you coming back on. Um, we're gonna jump in on the book, which was great. Uh, but before we get to that, we are talking the morning of Game Four. I'm in Boston. You are not, although you were uh, around for Games One and Two in San Francisco, and I know you're back for five and we'll see if there's a six and seven and you're back for those two if if those uh if those happen um what is your read of the series as we sit here now uh the warriors shoot around will be in another couple hours i'll be going over there who knows what steph's status is at this point he says he'll play um they're obviously down they are they looked totally outclassed out muscled the other night what's what's your read of the series right now with the celtics up 2-1 well, you know, first of all, Golden State has to be kicking themselves that they lost that first game. And, you know, they, they, you know, the first two games, you know, pretty much seven of those eight quarters, you know, Golden State, for the most part, won. I mean, you know, they had, you know, sensational third quarters in both those games. Um, but now it's, you know, now it's do or die. You know, like you, you cannot go back game five down 3-1 if you're Golden State. Um you know, I think Boston has shown that, you know, that, that they're for real. Obviously, we knew that going in. They're tough. Uh, they're capable. Um, you know, they're long, physical. They're great defensively. This Golden State team, and this is, I mean this, you know, and I say this respectfully, but it's probably the least talented mm. finals team they've had. But I think everyone has been expecting them to win because of that institutional knowledge they have. Um, I thought – you know, game two, obviously, defensively, they forced turnovers. That was really the big difference. You know, I think 19 turnovers led to 33 points. Boston valued the basketball better in game three. Uh, the complementary players played well, particularly Marcus Smart, which he didn't do in game uh, game two on the offensive end. You know, Golden State's got to get back to being disruptive defensively. Uh, and they can't afford to dig a hole like they did uh, in game three. So a couple things. I actually think Golden State is going to come out and play better. You know, we forget this is a team that was blown out by 50 uh, in Memphis, you know, uh, a few series ago. And so most teams, you lose by 50. It takes a few games to mentally and emotionally recover from that embarrassment. Uh, so I expect that they'll, they'll come out. They'll be better. You know, it'll be interesting to see with Boston. Boston has been up and down in the postseason at home. And uh, and so I, I'm not entirely sure why that's the case. The Milwaukee series, the Miami series, they gave up some some you know some 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 critical games at home. Uh, of course, they went out and won some you know games on the road. But um, I think it's up in the air. Like I, I really I know I'm supposed to sort of you know predict sometimes who's going to win, but uh, I could really see it go either way. And uh, I think Golden State has a great performance. Clay and Steph both played well in Game Three. Yeah. You know, Draymond didn't shoot and score well. He acknowledged that. But I think he's got to he's got to have an impact. He's got to have an impact on the game like he did in game two. Um, defensively causing turnovers, um, being a disruptor, an agitator. 
Uh, and he's got to get some points, you know, some, you know, fake dribble handoffs, things in transition. He's got to, you know, fill up the stat sheet a little bit better than he did in game three. So you mentioned Draymond and your, uh, your colleague at Turner, Isaiah Thomas, um, said after the game the other night, he thinks that the focus for Draymond isn't there because of the podcasts that he's doing after games and because of him getting into this this whole, you know, back and forth with the crowd to an extent. And I don't know, it's, it's more the crowd toward Draymond than it was Draymond to the crowd, but a lot of just this other stuff that's going on, Isaiah felt like that was draining um, Draymond's focus. And I've always looked at Draymond the other way, Grant, which is that, you know, he, he he's fueled by a lot of that stuff. And it's all part of kind of his makeup his his um his mental game his attitude that that ferocity he brings to the court that edge he brings to the court so it was interesting to hear isaiah say that like and and, and so I, i'm just curious your perspective on that because isaiah speaking from experience clearly as, as someone who played the game at a high level a long time as you did is it possible that these other things are somehow distracting draymond on some level well, first of all, I'll say this. Isaiah and Draymond have both won multiple championships. I didn't. So I want to at least give that perspective. <laughs> well. um, but, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I, you know, I, I think if you look at things through the lens of Isaiah and sort of his time and who he is as a player and what he needed to do mm. to maybe get himself focused, then, yes, I can understand where he's coming from. I can understand it, too, from my standpoint. I mean, I, I don't know if I would be at my best if if I – you know, decompressed the way that Draymond is decompressing. Uh, But this is, this is who he is. And this is kind of the generation uh, of players, you know, they've come up with, you know, social media technology. They're just very different. And I don't say that good or bad. I'm just acknowledging the reality. So I, I don't think at all, I think this is actually healthy. And I think for Draymond to be able to talk, to vent, to offer perspective, I mean, a lot of times you're doing that with the media during the media yeah. obligations. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, I think this is um, we all sort of, you know, process, prepare, uh, you know, decompress, whatever you want to call it. We all do that differently. And I think this is right on brand, but also just uh, par for the course, excuse my golf analogy, for, for Draymond <laughs> in terms of uh, who he is and how he best uh, responds and prepares. It's interesting, Grant. Now, well, we'll wrap up on the finals on this one, but just like the criticism of of Draymond for podcasting, and Isaiah is not the only one who said it, but it kind of almost makes sense. I know you, you know, you and Isaiah not quite the same era, um, and so maybe that's part of this. But your era, I always think of as, as that's a time when Shaq comes in. Shaq's doing commercials and movies before he's even played in the NBA, I think, and then he does rap albums, and the whole thing was. Shaq should be working on his free throws instead of making rap albums. Shaq should be working on his free throws. Like, as if these things were mutually exclusive. Like, you couldn't possibly do both. And I also can attest, having covered Shaq for seven years, that he could have quit everything else and he still wouldn't have made his, his damn free throws. Like, he tried. He practiced the free throws, folks. He just couldn't make them. It didn't matter. Um, but today's NBA grant, like, guys are, they're podcasting. They are... Uh, investing in crypto and NFTs. They are uh, doing all kinds of side projects. They're getting into into wine. They're doing, and nobody thinks 
twice about it for the most part, because this is an era where it's just kind of accepted that guys can multitask and it's not necessarily detracting from your basketball. It seems like Isaiah's view of this is still kind of rooted in, you know, 80s and 90s when it was like, this is the only thing you should be doing. Yeah, I think you have a point. And, you know, I, I think, I mean, I, I want to, you know, I want to say that when 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 Michael Jordan emerged and became a, a, not just a media darling, but a pitchman and, you know, sort of the mid to late 80s with Air Jordan and McDonald's and Coca-Cola and everything else. You know, I think there was there were folks who, who felt that that was a distraction. And that was, you know, at least, in, you know, until he won. Uh, and so you look now, you fast forward, you know, forget about Draymond, look at, look at LeBron. I mean, LeBron's a mogul, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, LeBron is, I just, I just watched one of the movies at his entertainment company with Adam Sandler and Kenny Smith. I heard that was good. Yeah, it was good. It was a good movie. And, uh, but I mean, LeBron is someone who I think is celebrated for, you know, more than an athlete and for all of the ventures and uh, activations, engagements. Uh, speaking out, social justice. I mean, all these things now that, you know, 40, 50 years ago, athletes weren't really doing. And so I just think it's part of the evolution. We talk about the evolution of the game and three-point shooting and the skill and all these things, but also the evolution of an athlete. And uh, and I think LeBron exemplifies that. Uh, you know, you got, you know, C.J. McCollum has podcasts. You know, J.J. Redick had a podcast that's very popular and you know, he while he was playing and now he's retired. So, I mean, it's a different game. It's a different world. And uh, and it's, you know, and so I don't I don't have an issue with it. Yeah. I see where Isaiah is coming from, from, his, you know, from his late 80s, early 90s perspective. But nowadays, things are a little bit different. Yeah, no. And I think it's a healthy evolution um, that, that from the public standpoint and from the player standpoint, they can avail themselves of all these opportunities. And I think we are generally speaking as the public fans, media less judgmental of it or not as or actually don't even think twice about it it is the norm now and it always should have been they always should have been able to uh to to, to pursue those things um all right so the book let's talk about the book um congrats on the book again it's the game an autobiography um do you go into a, a lot in depth here grant and you exp- just expose yourself um on on, on many levels just in terms of the things you went through, the most excruciating parts of your career, and not just people, obviously they they know well the injuries and the surgeries that you went through, but you talk about racism, about law enforcement, about a lot of things that I think, you know, maybe you addressed in passing in the course of your career, or, or, or maybe not. I, I don't I don't recall these things being that you went into that kind of uh, detail. Um, you're nine years removed from retirement, so maybe this is a time when it's it's, You've got the perspective and just the distance from it, but I'm curious about deciding to do this now. Um, you know, reviewing everything that went on with your ankle, with you know, surgeries and botched diagnoses and borderline or actual malpractice, possibly um, a near death experience. Why now? And what was it like to kind of decide to go through this process of putting it all on paper? Yeah, you know, a couple things. I I, I do think. In 2018, you know, I was fortunate to, to to go into the Hall of Fame and be enshrined. And you know, you, the, the announcement occurs at the Final Four, and then you have a few months of lead up, you know, till September. And you know, that's a celebratory time, and that's a time where you should be. You know, I've heard people say that regardless of what happened or didn't happen during your career, 
you go into the Hall of Fame, it kind of just makes it all right, you know, and and but the lead up and the time to naturally be reflective uh, kind of had me like torn a little bit. And uh, I was appreciative. I was excited, but I was also mad and probably even a little bitter because, you know, I, I realized, look, I got in because of my my four years in college and what I accomplished there. And then the six years, you know, in the NBA for the most part. So that 10 year body of work, but like I was on this trajectory that I didn't get a chance to see all the way through. And I'm like, man, like I had an incomplete and I'm getting in the hall. Like imagine if we could have seen this all the way through. And so that, you know, for me, I don't like to look back. Uh, I don't have, you know, memorabilia. I used to always say, you know, if you, if you came into my house, you would never know that an NBA athlete lived there except for the size of my shoes all over the house. Um, but I didn't put up memorabilia. I didn't put up awards. I always felt like I needed to continue to pursue and continue to like stay hungry. Um, and so, you know, I didn't look back and, and over the good and the bad. And, and, and so that, that, you know, that moment sort of, I decided, okay, I want to do this. And, um, you know, it took me a minute. That was 18. And a lot of things happened, happened like COVID. And, you know, I had another surgery and I had a lung uh, infection that knocked me out for four or five months in 19. Uh, but I eventually got to it. And, uh, and here we are now. And, you know, to be vulnerable, to be introspective, to be honest, um, you know, and a lot of those themes that you mentioned that I touched on, I mean, these are just things that I experienced. Yeah. You know, things that happen throughout the course of the journey and uh, some of it's sort of behind the scenes of Duke and some of it's getting into my insecurities and things I dealt with during my formative years. And even during my time at Duke, you know, managing celebrity, going through the challenges of being the face of a franchise and some turmoil at times there and the injury ordeal, which I think everybody who is old enough to remember uh, was aware of, but I don't know if they understood the complexities and the depth of what exactly happened. So, you know, just just sharing and being honest and, you know, taking down that that armor, that, you know, that that facade that we put up as athletes and, and trying to be just real. Um, it was it was liberating. It was, you know, therapeutic. It was um frightening. <laughs> you know, it was a lot of things to be able to do that. But ultimately, I'm glad that, that I did and glad with the end result. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. 
like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You co-wrote this with my good buddy Jonathan Abrams. Uh, yeah. He was he was along. So I, I cannot imagine because um, there's a lot in this book. I cannot imagine. Tell me a little bit about the, the process there about having you know you're working with somebody on this right. It, it is your story. He's there to help you know shape and tease out things. Whatever. I don't know how often like you're coming to some point where it's like like okay I've told that story and then like because we're reporters we're we're of course we're going to say yeah but okay but what about what this this one thread or this other thread what like what was the process like of just kind of like um not just airing it out from your own memory and but having somebody else there to kind of like uh pull those threads decide where it where it's leading you know it was great i mean it was interesting because first of all i'm naturally long-winded so i guess I like <laughs> to hear myself talk but you know he would team me up with a question and I would just, I would go. And sometimes, you know, it might be, a, okay, you're, you arrive on campus your freshman year, let's go there. And I would just start talking and talking about, you know, the first practice, talking about, you know, moving into the dorms, talking about, and I might all of a sudden pivot to my senior year. Like, you know, so I was all over the map. Poor Jonathan having to sort of <laughs> construct all this and, 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 and put it together. But, you know, I think, first of all, uh, I was, it was a great process and he made it easy. Um, he was able to really kind of write and sort of speak in my words and, and sort of from my perspective, if you will. Um, you know, I wanted somebody who I think was familiar with sport uh, and kind of knew me and, and, and also someone who understood, you know, Jonathan's a, a you know, person of color. And so I think understands some of those issues that that we deal with, um, but then also somebody I didn't know that well, you know, and someone who, um, you know, you know, he may come in with his own sort of biases or or, or you know perspective, but 
Uh, and then also spending a lot of time together. Like to me, we spend a concert. I mean, we left we left some material on the ta- on the, on the edit, uh, edit room floor. I mean, we 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 spent a lot of time, and you know, we and it wasn't all in person. A lot of it was on the phone. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so the more time one can give, I think it gives people such as yourself, um, you know, just the, the the best opportunity to to you know to put that put together the story correctly. And um, but yeah, I mean, we, we met a little bit in person, um, and but a lot of it was over the phone in two three hour increments. Um, and you know, I, I say I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm estimating here. It might have been three, four hundred hours. So maybe I mean I don't Ooh. know. It was a lot. Wow. And uh, and so I'm sure he's tired of, of hearing my story. <laughs> um, but nah, he was great. I mean, and, and being able to pull certain things out, I think you know, being a journalist, and and then also knowing what's interesting, and and knowing what translates. I mean, this is my life. Some of the stuff I thought was kind of like boring or no one would care about. And he's like, no, let's go a little deeper. Hmm. And uh, and so I think having, you know, having a pro, having a writer, having someone who does this for a living really helped, I think, frame the story and, and tell the story uh, in, a, in, a, in a very accurate but also interesting and fascinating way. Um. And by the way, like it, you guys clearly worked together very well, Grant, because I feel like your voice, your story in your voice comes through very clearly here. Like you, you wouldn't, you know, th- I think that's probably the goal, right? It should be kind of a seamless thing between author and, and co-author if, if you're using somebody, um, you know, an outside writer to, to, to shape. Um, but no, it, it's, it, it's, it's seamless. So the two of you together, um, the partnership seemed to, to, to very much uh, work very well, came through very well. The the most I want to say the most um, one of the most compelling parts of this, of course, is 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 you going into detail that I know you've talked about at times with the injury, with the four surgeries, um, but you really you know go deep on it here, and you really are, are very candid about your feelings about the team doctor in Orlando and about where things went awry and your feelings on that. How difficult was it to? to go down that road um, and to this level, because it, it, you know, it, it sounds a little tense and these are things that you probably have avoided on some level for a while too, still being associated with the league or while you were still in your, in your playing days. Um, how difficult to decide to actually jump into all of that in, in that kind of detail. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I mean, I think when, when all this was happening in real time, uh, you know, I, I, no one had any idea, <laughs> you know, the story never really was told. And I think people may have jumped to their conclusions. Okay. He's, you know, he's fragile. He can't get healthy, whatever, whatever. The, the, the medical staff wasn't good, whatever people might've uh, thought, but I, I always felt like no one, like, they have no idea like what what's going on here. And, uh, and so, you know, as I got healthy and was in, you know, in Phoenix you know, towards the end of my career, you know, a couple times I might do an interview. I might have done an interview with you, or you know, I've done a, you know, a, a radio interview. And I've a couple times I've touched on some things, but it never was like the full totality of what happened. And and so I just always said, you know, what? Like at some point I got to do a book or a documentary, like to really kind of explain. Not thinking that I ever really would. Um, but when we when I committed to this process, first of all. 
I didn't realize how much all of that still affected me. Hmm. And as I said, I didn't, you know, when people go through something traumatic, and, and certainly there are those who've gone through far worse than that. Look, I was still an NBA player. I was, you know, beautiful wife, family. I mean, you know, so I, I want to, you know, keep it all in perspective. But that was traumatic for me. And, you know, people suppress. You don't, you just, you know, you, you know, if if, if the doctors say, okay, you got to be on crutches again for four months, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to have strong arms. You know, like, I'm, I'm just like, I'm attacking it. I'm an athlete, you know, okay, I, what do I have to do? And, and, and so I didn't, I didn't allow myself to mentally or emotionally unpack what was happening in real time. Yeah. And then ironically, not until 20 years later, as I'm retelling this and I'm, you know, it's like I'm talking to a therapist as I'm talking to Jonathan, <laughs> although he's not giving me anything back in return. But, you know, as I'm walking him through what happened and I'm reliving and he's asking, like, how did you feel? What was it? You know, he's 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 asking questions that that are forcing you to go deeper. I realize that, like, why well, I haven't I haven't dealt with that. And it's you know, I haven't, you know, emotionally I, I dealt with it physically, you know, but I didn't deal with it, you know, mentally and emotionally. And as I told the story, we, we finished the book. And as you know, you finish a book and you have nine months before the book's released. So, you know, you live with it. You might read it from time to time. You know, I did the 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 um, the voiceovers for the audio version of the book. Oh, nice. It's very, it's very interesting when you read the book out loud, um, but you're living with it. And I also realized that and this was after we finished the book, that that void of not finishing my career, that sort of, like I said, being on this trajectory and then being derailed, like that void, it, I think, has led me to obsessively, obsessively pursue achievements and accomplishments in retirement. Hmm. And to the point where, like, I'm so out of balance <laughs> and I have too much on my plate. And but I, I like to me, like I was so driven in retirement and, you know, the mistakes I've made. And this is not really in the book, but the mistakes I've made is I've tried to do everything. And I've tr and I clearly I have a problem saying no, but <laughs> um, but just wanting to do everything. And, and so when you go through and you reflect and you tell your story, like you sort of self-analyze a little bit yourself. And like my fault right now is not having the, the proper balance, I think, in my life. And where does that stem from? I think a lot of it, um, you know, that void and that trauma that I went through in the early, you know, early 2000s. And so I'm dealing with, I mean, I'm kind of dealing with that and processing that now, hmm. 20 years later, as opposed to when it was all going down back in the day. That's really interesting. So the four surgeries directly lead to you running USA basketball is what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good thing. That, that, no, no, that, is, that is a good thing. That is something that uh, I am really thrilled and really excited about. So thrilled that I'll do it for free. <laughs> there you go. Well, you've got you've got that. You've got obviously you're very active in your your ownership stake with the Atlanta Hawks, and I'm, I'm sure like probably fifty other things uh, that I'm not even aware of. But um, I don't know. I, I tend to think that guys like you, Grant, who are driven at the highest level, 
as athletes or in, or in a lot of professions, like like there's that you can't shut it off anyway. And I'm sure I'm sure you're right. Your se- your your self analysis I'm sure is correct that like there is some part of that that's the void that you referred to. Um, but I tend to think the people who are just hyper driven like can't sit still anyway. Um, so there's, there's truth to that. Look, my my, my parents a lot. I mean, my mom, you know, my dad. I mean, they're yes. So I I, I get it innocently, but. Um, <laughs> It sounds good to tie it to the story. <laughs> I like it. No, it's a good theory. It's probably it's probably true. Um, did you? Is, is there any? Is, this is, uh, sounds like such a cheesy, um, like almost uh, you know armchair psychologist thing to say. But is there closure that that you get from finally putting all this on paper, especially about as you say that that trauma of those surgeries, of your near death experience from an infection, and people again read the book because the details and all that are 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 fascinating and and, and frightening. Um, and you'll get a much better sense of it from the book, so I don't want to give it all away here. But um, is there any closure, Grant, in just putting it on paper, putting it out there, naming names with doctors and everything else? Feel any, any, any? Uh, I don't want to say better about it, but is there closure? Well, well first of all, let me just say I, I didn't. I tried to, to to write. I didn't. I didn't want to write what happened there from a point of bitterness. Like I wanted to like tell what was happening, share what I was feeling, or at least what I thought I was feeling in that moment, and just sort of walk the reader through all of it. And so they can experience understand exactly what happened. I think in terms of medically, uh, all that happened, yes, I, I think I'm good with that. I'm healthy now. Yeah, I have arth- an arthritic ankle. I have a nasty scar. Um, you know, I can't play basketball, but I can play golf. Uh, not well, but I can play. <laughs> um, so, and I'm alive, you know? And so I, 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 you know, yes. The thing though, that I don't know if I'll ever get over is just not being able to have played. And the game was like at a point where, you know, you, you, um, the game, at, like, you know, I started working with Chip England and, you know, I really was like working hard in the off season and looking to improve on areas. And I just felt like the game was like at a point where it was easy. And, and that sounds super arrogant, but like, I felt like, like I figured it out. And, and, um, and I think I had a, you know, a window, I don't know, four or five, six years sort of into, they, they call that the prime years. I don't know, 26 to 32, 33. And, and, and I never got a chance to go there. Now I'm grateful that I had a chance to come back and play, and I had, and I had a six year run, but I don't know if I'll ever get over that. Like I, I you know, and I'm being perfectly honest. I mean, I hope I get over it, but I, you know, I don't know if I'll ever get over, you know, just not you know, the one thing that like validates you, the thing that you're one of the best in the world at in doing, and the thing that I poured so much of my life into, and you know. Yeah, I was given some God-given abilities, but I also worked my tail off and and like just not being able to, you know, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I don't know if I'll ever get over that, if I'm being honest. Yeah, understandably. But to remind people, your first six seasons, first six seasons in the league before the ankle, five times all NBA in your first six seasons. I think like that says it all about where you were and what your trajectory was. Averaging 21.6, eight rebounds and six assists. Um and you were one of those guys, Grant, and we talked about this years ago for a story I did. You were one of those next Jordans 
You were you were in that that list of guys like oh who's going to be the next Michael? Who's, uh, it's you know it's Grant Hill and that was like every, everybody took their turn there for for a while. Um, but you actually had a chance. You know there is no next Jordan, of course, as we've all just you know concluded and discussed at ad nauseum. But your trajectory was going to be very very high regardless. Um, so people should re- remind when you when you like when you're talking to I don't know if it's to your own kids or to to younger people now who didn't see those those six years or maybe they only know the unfortunate tortured later stages of, of the career. Um, how do you describe that six year run to them? Well, you know it's funny when I was in Phoenix uh, towards the end of my career and certainly in a you know a role player complimentary role you know complimentary player role. Uh, you know, every once in a while, my oldest daughter, who's now 20, you know, she would go on YouTube and find old footage and highlights of me in Detroit. And she'd say, Dad, come here, come here. Like, man, you weren't always a scrub. And, and, uh, <laughs> and so, you know, I... Um, <laughs> Gotta love having our kids there to keep us humble. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. But, you know, it's funny. I, I, I don't think, you know, it's interesting... I don't think that when people would come to me and say, hey, oh, man, when I saw you in Detroit or, oh, you know, if you hadn't got hurt or, or what if, like, oh, man, you're the ultimate what if. I, I never really like saw that. And, 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 and what I mean is, is, you know, when I played like I like I didn't get to the mountaintop in Detroit, I didn't win. You know, all that stuff, all NBA, all stars, commercials, shoot, like that was fun. And, and you know, I leveraged that and, and, and that was great. But like to me, it was about winning and and we weren't able to win. And, and I took that hard and I blamed myself and was hard on myself for not being able to get to that level. And so once again, like I, I suppressed a lot of that and I didn't, you know, so going through the book, like I got it, I got a, a greater appreciation for how good I was, you know. And 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 when people would say stuff to me, like I, when I looked back on my career, I, I saw me at you know, I saw me out here, you know, with a bad ankle, you know, you know, trying to guard Carmelo, you know, in Phoenix. Like I, you know, I, the fight that as you get older and you have injuries and all, like that's what I saw. And and so to go back and and reflect and 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 go on YouTube and look at some games, uh, and you know just to live in those moments, like like I had to I almost remind myself. And uh, and so celebrating, you know, like one of the things I, I told in an interview the other day was like learning to celebrate your accomplishments when they happen, mm-hmm. you know, because I didn't I didn't celebrate. I, I was I was <laughs> I don't want to say miserable, and I, I don't want people to think that I was miserable because I was in Detroit. I was miserable because we weren't winning. Yeah. And at Duke, you know, we won. And and so I got a taste of what that's like. And I didn't care about my, you know, individual stuff. You know, I, I deferred to Leitner. I mean, I, I you know, and it, it was about winning. And we couldn't get it done. And I blamed myself. So I didn't give myself permission to enjoy those moments. I don't know if that makes any sense, but no, but it totally does. Of, so, like I said, you know, to be able to like go back now and say, "Oh man, I, I was I was kind of dope. Like I was yeah. pretty good." You know, it's it's, yeah. it's it was a good exercise for that too. It's nice that we have YouTube around for uh, so that the kids can see these things. So 
uh, folks, if you missed Grant uh, live uh, at the time, if you were not uh, watching the NBA because you weren't around, uh, go look him up on YouTube. Um, he was pretty good. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Before I let you go, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least uh, touch on um, one of your many, many other pursuits, the Hawks. Um, obviously, a difficult, you know, kind of, uh, re- uh, you know, uh, just a, a come down from that conference finals run a year ago. Um, this happens sometimes with young teams, but, you know, both, uh, you know, Travis Schlank and Steve Coonan, I think more recently, have said it uh, various versions of it was a mistake for us to just kind of run it back with the same group to not, whether it was the last off season or I think, I think Travis had talked about it being about last off season. Steve Coonan more recently, I think said something about, you know, we, we had deals on the table, at the trade deadline that we could have made. And now I think we should have made. Um, 
you're obviously part of the ownership of this team. I know you're very active, very involved. Uh, what do you think is the right move now? Because sometimes you take a young team and you think, let's just let it grow, right? They'll get there. They'll take their incremental steps. They'll two steps forward, one step back, whatever. And then sometimes you need that little push or an injection of new energy. What do you think the answer is this offseason? Well, I mean, I think when you don't reach your expectations, you, you, you can, you know, second guess everything. And, um, you know, also, in, you know, Tony Ressler, our managing partner, has come out and, and basically acknowledged some of those same things. And I, I think the number one thing is, look, you know, sending a message that, you know, we want to win and we want to win a championship. And, you know, getting to the first round and, and losing is, is, you know, I don't want to quote Coach K and say unacceptable, but it's, you know, it's not what we want to accomplish. Um, I also know <laughs> that I think the path to success is not necessarily linear. And we can use Boston as an example. You know, two years ago, Boston made it to the conference finals of the bubble. And, uh, and then last year, I think they lost in the first round to, to Brooklyn and lost pretty convincingly. Um, and so, uh, you know, they didn't necessarily change the roster. They, they changed the coach and the general manager, but they kept that core together and and maybe didn't overreact and, and look at where they are now. And so, you know, it, it, it's not easy. And um, as we all know, and I think like anything, after losses as a player, you know, that's when you look in the mirror and say, okay, how can I get better? I think as a franchise and as an organization, after you have a disappointing exit and a disappointing season, at least considering how we finished the year before, you're going to look in the mirror and try to figure out, okay, how can we get better? So um, I, I tend to try to try to frame it as, okay, this is an off season for us to, to get better and to improve. And, and what that is, I don't know, but, you know, Travis is on it. Um, he has full, um, support and commitment from Tony and Jamie and, and, and ownership. And, uh, and so we're excited. We've learned about ourselves as a result of this season. We've learned some things that maybe we didn't know uh, last year at this time. And so uh, now in terms of what to do is you, you need cooperation. It's not like things are easy, but um, you know, we're in a good place. And I think the, the standard and the bar has been raised you know, I used to joke when I was in Phoenix, I talked a lot of trash in practice and, and people don't know that. And people, you know, think I'm a trash talker, but I would talk a lot of trash. And, you know, when, when we would do something good and, you know, when we're in practice and let's say the first team were scoring, I would always yell to Nash, Sergey Bubka. And, uh, and, you know, and I'm saying, you know, keep raising the bar, Sergey Bubka, raising the bar, you know, the great pole holder back from the eighties. Nash was probably the only one that knew who I was talking about <laughs> since we were the two old guys on the team. And, uh, and so, you, you know, we have a chance. We're raising the bar in terms of what we expect as a franchise and an organization. And what we expect is we want to win. We want to win a championship. So, um, so yeah, there's disappointment, uh, but there's also tremendous opportunity. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what we collectively do with Travis and, uh, and, and his staff does. And, uh, but it's an exciting time for our franchise and um, that we get to the playoffs and there's disappointment. And I don't know if that's always been the case historically with the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. 
I want you to start shouting Sergey Bubka at your Hawks team and see how long it takes your very young players to figure this out. And when they do figure it out, that's when they'll know, right? That's the secret, right? <laughs> no, no question. No question. I think he had a clause in his contract. Like every time he set a world record, he got like a half a million dollar bonus. So he would just go well, up to Italy and he set like 19 world records. And so that's why I always said, raise the bar. Sergey Bubka. And a guy, you know, Jared Dudley is looking at me like, Sergey, what? <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, Grant, this has been great. Um, I know you got a bunch of these lined up, so I, I need to let you go. But, uh, folks, the book is Game by Grant Hill. Go check it out. Go find that at all your uh, usual book places online, in physical stores, all those places. Uh, it's great. A lot of a lot of really interesting insights into uh, into Grant's life and career. Uh, Grant, phenomenal. Love seeing you uh, back on the pod. Only three more punch card uh, punches to get your free cup of coffee from the crossover pod. And uh, I will see you out in San Francisco. Hey, I'm already working on my next book, so we can uh, hopefully punch another one here. In the- <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Grand Hill, thanks so much. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Howard. Okay, that's it for today's show. My thanks again to Grant Hill. Thank you to Colleen McGarvey at Penguin Books for connecting us. And thanks, as always, to our producer, Shelby Royston. And thank you all for listening. Remember, you can hear Chris Mannix and me every Tuesday on The Crossover with all the latest NBA chatter. And then on Fridays, it's me and a guest. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to The Crossover wherever you get your podcasts. And hit me with all your feedback on Twitter, at Howard Beck. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.